Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Hey, good morning, folks. Glad to be with you. I am excited about what I get to share with you from the Word of God today. I hope that you've had a great week. And uh, I have, and I've been excited to be able to be uh, back at work, took some time off. Uh, but I'm glad to be with you. So gather your family around, grab your Bible if you would, and uh, maybe your favorite drink here. And as you can see, I got a bunch of stickers on mine. So uh, you see on support online ministry here, Open Bible Baptist Church. Don't forget about our podcast ministry right here. So, uh, you know, maybe if you uh, help us out in these areas, support the work there, we can send you out a couple free stickers or something like that. We'll see what we can do. But God bless you and thank you for being with us. Open up your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. We've got two more sermons here. This one and another one. On a live event, I said three, but we actually only have two, and we'll finish up the book of Matthew. So excited about that. But today, we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 28, and I'm going to be preaching to you on the subject, resurrection life. Resurrection life. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 15. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn until the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was, white, was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed, meaning the women, and they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priest all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, if we could, please. My Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your word once again. 
And Lord, I pray that my heart and my mind will be clear of any distractions. Lord, I ask that I would be able to relay your word in a very clear and meaningful way. I pray that the, that the folks that are listening, that they will get a hold of the fact, if they've never heard before, that Jesus has risen from the dead. And that because Jesus Christ has given us resurrection, because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, we have resurrection life. And all that that means for us. And so, Father, I pray for those who know you and for those who may be watching or listening that do not know you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for salvation. We love you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever thought about the first Lord's Day? You know, on Sundays, for us who know Christ as our personal Savior, we celebrate, we gather to celebrate our risen Savior. I mean, there is great joy and gladness uh, for, for us because we're forgiven and we have a real hope and a real future. But think about that first Lord's Day. The disciples of Jesus on that first Lord's Day, they were discouraged. They weren't full of joy. They were defeated. They were full of fear. They were disillusioned and disheartened on that first Lord's Day. For them, it seemed all was lost. Think about it. They had sacrificed everything, and now the one that they had trusted in that was going to deliver them was dead. And the reason that I believe that all this that I just stated was true is because of what the women were coming to do. I believe the women were representative of the whole group of the disciples. See, they were coming to, to, to the sepulcher to anoint the dead body of Jesus. See, they still believed that he was dead. You know, sometimes in our lives as believers, we think because that we followed Jesus and because we've sacrificed and because we've uh, put time into the church and because we've served the Lord that there won't be dark days. But you know and I know that that's not true. See, there may be dark days for us as Christians, but the key is to remember that Jesus is risen and therefore we have resurrection life. You say, what do you mean? See, though we have dark days, we still have victory. There is something beyond those dark days. And this is what I want you to remember to take with you. The resurrection of Jesus gives to us or ensures us of resurrection life. What does it mean to have resurrection life? What does that look like? In this passage, we see four aspects. There's four aspects of what it means to have resurrection life. And you can take these four aspects and you can apply them to your life today. In verses one through seven, we see first, number one, write this down if you would, that resurrection life gives hope. It gives hope. See, this was a hopeless situation. It was in the twilight of the morning that it seemed that all hope was gone. They come to anoint the body of Jesus. They thought that he was dead. As a matter of fact, they, if you read in there, uh, they said that they had no idea in other accounts of the, of the, the, the resurrection story. They had no idea of how they were going to remove the stone that, that blocked the entrance to the sepulcher. It seemed like life was full of insurmountable problems at this time. The one they hoped that would bring them freedom is now gone. The one they hoped that would usher into a new kingdom was now dead. 
They want to honor the dead body of Jesus and a, and a huge stone is keeping them from doing that. They had dedicated their life to the following and teachings of Jesus. And now what would happen to them? They're huddled in a room afraid that the Jewish authorities are going to come after them. How would they now live their lives without Jesus? They were, as we would say today, hopeless. You ever been in that situation where you feel totally hopeless? Well, guess what, my friend? Resurrection life gives us hope. See, it would be a huge, a huge mistake for us to underestimate the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A huge mistake. You know, the world has no problem believing that Jesus died. They don't have a problem believing that. Matter of fact, they do. I mean, you can look it up in history and you can find that there was a man called Jesus in Nazareth who was crucified. He died. But, the, but they do have a problem and they refuse to believe, many refuse to believe that he rose from the dead. See, it's the resurrection of Jesus that gives each person hope in a hopeless world. Think about it, friends. Look at the world today. Is this really what you want? Is this really all there is to life? Is this as good as it gets? I mean, if this is it, man, we've been sold a bill of goods. See, life without Christ is hopeless. But for us as believers, we have hope because of the resurrection. Yes, there are problems. <laughs> for those of you who don't know Christ, I don't want you to think if you accept Christ, all your problems are gonna go away. They're not. Matter of fact, they might increase for a little while anyway. But yes, there are problems, but we have hope. Yes, there are difficulties, but we have hope. Yes, there are defeats and setbacks and disappointments and all those other things, but friends, we have hope. For us, we don't question the resurrection of Jesus Christ like the disciples did on that day. We know we have a risen Savior, but many times we still live like there's no hope say, what do you mean? Because we can't see a way out, so we think there's no hope. We can't see a solution, so we think that there's no hope. Since we don't want, know what the next step is, we don't think that there's any hope, but, and many times we live like there's no hope. But friends, let me tell you, if you have Christ in your life, you have resurrection life, and that means you have hope. See, the grave clothes could not hold him. The stone that sealed the opening of that sepulcher could not hold him. And friends, guess what? Death itself could not hold Jesus. And believe me, if death could have held Jesus at that point, it would have, but it couldn't. So therefore, friends, though we have problems, though we have difficulties, though we can't see a solution, though we can't see the way out, though we don't know the next step, guess what? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have hope. We've got resurrection life. See, you have hope that Jesus is always with you. You have hope that one day justice will prevail. You have hope that all things will work out for your good. And you have hope that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Friends, you've got hope. 
the first aspect of the resurrection of Jesus, it gives us hope. That's what it means to have resurrection life. You've got hope. But secondly, resurrection life gives, a, gives us substance. I want you to take a look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 8 and 9. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. You know, it's one thing to have hope, to hear a good word that something that you thought was one way is actually the opposite. The disciples thought that Jesus was dead. But when the women that day arrived at the tomb and, and looked to see the body was gone, they were given a word from the angel. First, they were told not to fear. That Jesus who was crucified just three days ago wasn't in the tomb, but he had risen from the grave. Now that's a good word. But see, Jesus didn't just stop there for his disciples on that first Lord's day. As the women were running back to tell the disciples about the empty tomb and the word from the angel, something even more miraculous happened. Jesus appeared to these women in physical form. Jesus gave them substance to what they had just heard from the angel. The Bible tells us that they held him by the feet and worshipped him. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Guess what? Their faith, they were, they were running and going to tell the disciples their faith became substance. They trusted what the angel had said and Jesus appeared to them. You say, well, what's our substance today? Hey, that's a really good question. It's this right here, my friends. It's the word of God. That's what we hold on to. It's the Word of God that anchors our soul during the storms of life. It's the Word of God that calms the fears in the darkest of nights. It's the Word of God that gives life to that which was once dead. It's the Word of God that protects in the time of danger. It's the Word of God that directs our steps and our path. It's the Word of God that cleanses the heart. It's the Word of God that keeps us from wandering away. It's the Word of God that brings delight to our life. It's the Word of God that brings light and life. It's the Word of God that leads us in the right way. It's the Word of God that brings salvation to man. It's the Word of God that protects us from sin. It's the Word of God that comforts the heart. It's the Word of God that reveals the tender mercies of Christ. It's the Word of God that tells us of God's love for us. It's the Word of God that teaches us right from wrong. It's the Word of God that gives us good judgment. It's the Word of God that executes judgment upon the wicked. It's the Word of God that tells us of His faithfulness to us. It's the Word of God, friends, that's our substance. It's what we hold on to. It is what our foundation is. It is the way, the truth, and the life. See, the resurrection gives us substance. The Bible tells us that these things here are spiritually discerned. You can't understand these things without knowing Christ, without having resurrection life. Resurrection life gives us substance. The first two aspects of resurrection life, it gives us hope and it gives us substance. 
But thirdly, resurrection life gives fellowship. Resurrection life gives fellowship. Take a look at verse uh, 10 of uh, Matthew chapter 28. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid, go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, uh, uh, that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. You know, words are really important. They convey meaning. How one uses words can either build up or tear down. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, what? Words have the ability to kill or to give life. I'm reminded of the story of the great preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon that when he was preaching in Surrey Gardens there, it held about five to 6,000 people and it was a wooden structure. And someone cried out, fire! And there was no fire. There were people that were trampled to death because of that. See, there's power in words. And in this passage, Jesus uses a specific word to identify the 11. He says, my brethren. In John chapter 15 and verse 15, the Bible says, Henceforth, I call you not servants, for a servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Now, in this passage here, before the resurrection, he called them friends. But now he takes it a step further. He calls them brethren. Jesus is conveying something to them and to us. That resurrection life gives us fellowship. It's through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that one is brought fully into the family of God. We are joint heirs with Christ. And Jesus was not ashamed to call these disciples, these ragtag bunch of people, if you will, brethren. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, the writer of Hebrews confirms that. It says, For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all one. So Jesus, who sanctifies us, and we who are sanctified are all one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Jesus tells the women, Go tell my brethren. Though they were cowardly, he calls them brethren. Though they forsook him, he calls them brethren. Though they denied and fled from him, he calls them brethren. Though they doubted him, he calls them brethren. They are still my brothers, he says. See, why is that? Because they have been redeemed into the family of God. And go tell them that I am alive and they're my brothers. It's the resurrection of Christ, friends. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, it's that resurrection life that gives you fellowship with God. Jesus said in another portion of this uh, account of the resurrection, Jesus said, go tell the 11, go tell my brethren, I go to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. See, for those who are, are, are saved, though many times we turn on Christ, we doubt Christ, we flee from Christ. We're afraid to share Christ. You know, Jesus doesn't look at us as outcasts. You know, he still looks at us as brethren. Man, I'm so glad about that. I'm so glad that Jesus doesn't disinherit me. 
I'm so glad that he doesn't remove me from the family when I fail, when I sin against him, when I don't live up to my name. You know, have you ever not lived up to, you know, your family name? Have you ever brought maybe uh, a little bit of shame to your family name? Hey, I, I know I have. <laughs> I, I think we all could say, you could probably say with me, yeah, I've done that. And you know what? Sad to say, my friend, I brought shame to the name of Christ at times. I haven't always been the Christian that I need to be. But thank God for resurrection life because it gives me fellowship and he still sees me as his brother. Hey, I'm not saying that we ought to just live any old way. No, but for the grace of God, right? See, remember that Jesus called them brethren while they were still hiding in fear. This is the heart of Jesus. That's the heart that he has for us. Because of resurrection life, we can have fellowship with him. And friend, guess what? That's the heart of Jesus for those of you who do not know him. You say, what do you mean? You're not, you may not be in part of the family yet, but he longs for you to be part of the family. He wants you to be a joint heir. He wants you to accept him, to trust him, or to put your faith in him as savior. He wants your sins to be washed away. Jesus is not standing there like this with stiff arms or like this, or with a scowl on his face. Look at all these wicked things that you've done. Friend, the Bible says that he died for you he died for me while we were still yet sinners. That's his heart for us. Can I challenge you today to consider giving your life over to Christ? Resurrection life, first aspects, it brings us hope. The second aspects, it brings us substance. The third aspects, it brings us fellowship. And then the fourth aspect, Resurrection life gives victory. Take a look at verses 11 through 15, if you would, please. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priest all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large, uh, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. In this last part of our text, we see where the resurrection life gives truth, victory over lies. It gives truth, victory over lies. You know, there have been many that have tried without success to disprove the resurrection of our Lord. You know, there are numerous theories out there. Let me just give a couple to you. There's the swoon theory or the semi-coma theory. That states that Christ never died. He was just in a comatose-like state when they put him in the tomb. And then after three days, he pushed back the rock, that stone, walked out of the tomb, and never resurrected because he was never dead. Now there's a major problem with this theory. Matter of fact, there's major problems with this theory. First, it took, uh, it took 1,600 years to think that theory up. It was concocted by a man by the name of Venturini. 
Secondly, all the early records state that Jesus was dead. Thirdly, it would mean that Jesus survived a Roman crucifixion, a spear thrust into his side, and at his entombment there were 75 pounds of spices placed on his body, no food and water for three days, and having most, uh, lost most of his blood, woke up with no medical assistance, pushed the stone out of the way, overpowered the Roman guards, and walked seven miles to Emmaus just to make a point. Now, if you believe that, I have got a bridge to sell you in the middle of the desert. There's the no burial theory. That is what they say that Jesus was not buried, but he was, his body was thrown into a pit with common criminals. The problem with this is that you have to answer the questions, why did the religious leaders seal the tomb? Why did they put a Roman guard in front of the tomb if nobody was in it? Why would they then invent the story that the body was stolen if they just threw it into a common criminal's pit? See, these are just two of abounding theories that have been floated about for years. But the fact is that the resurrection life gives vic truth victory over lies. What we find in these verses here is the validation of the resurrection of Christ. We have to remember that it was the wicked religious leaders that tried to eliminate Jesus and they used all kind of evil ways. Think about it. They used betrayal to arrest him. They used injustice to sentence him. They used blackmail to have him crucified. They used force to keep him in the grave and they used bribery and lying to silence the truth. But look what happens with the Roman soldiers in this passage. They make their way back to the religious leaders to tell them what they just saw. They were eyewitnesses to the resurrection miracle. They go to the religious leaders because it was the religious leaders that wanted to make sure that no one would get into the grave. And it was the Roman soldiers who were to make sure that that was the case. Now it's the religious leaders that get an eyewitness account of what was happened, of what just happened. And you know what I find interesting? You cannot find anywhere in history that they did not even question what the Roman soldiers had said. They took what the Roman soldiers said as fact. Why? Because it was fact. So the religious leaders got together and voted on a resolution. And this resolution it had three parts. First, bribe the soldiers. Secondly, get the soldiers to lie about the resurrection. And thirdly, protect the soldiers. In verse 15 of this text, it says that the soldiers took the money and spread the lie. See, the soldiers knew it was a lie. The chief priest knew it was a lie. And the Sanhedrin knew it was a lie. But look at how the resurrection Truth gives victory over lies. Now think about this. If you were to go to a court of law, first, to say that his disciples stole the body would not work because they believed he, still, he was still dead. Remember what the women came to do? 
to what? To anoint the dead body. They were in fear. They were, be uh, they were bewildered. They were discouraged. Secondly, could you imagine this in a court of law? Judge, Your Honor, may I please speak? Yes. I have an eyewitness. Yes. Let the eyewitness sp speak. Your Honor, I want to let you know that the disciples came and stole the body while I was asleep. Well, then how do you know if someone stole the body or it was the disciples that stole the body if you were asleep? Thirdly, Your Honor, not only did they steal the body when uh, I was asleep, they stole the body, unwrapped it from its clothes, put all the clothes back in place to make it look like Jesus had slipped right through them, and then left. And Your Honor, oh, let me tell you this. Fourthly, they moved that huge stone without waking up any of us while we were sleeping. Friends, anybody with common sense and clear thinking would see that this is a lie. And truth has overcome the lie. See, remember, there was only the truth of the resurrection that the religious leaders did not refute or a lie to cover it up. See, friends, this morning, resurrection life gives truth victory over lies. Jesus is alive. And Jesus' resurrection ensures resurrection for life, uh, resurrection life for us. Resurrection life gives us hope. It gives us substance. It gives us fellowship. And it gives us victory. You say, Pastor, what's the take home today? I want you to remember that the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives you resurrection life. Now, not only remember that, but then apply it. So how are you applying this resurrection life to your life? Are you living in the hope of Jesus? Are you living in the substance of his word? Are you holding on to his word? Do you live in the fellowship of the spirit? And do you live in victory knowing that truth ultimately wins over lies? My friend, that's my desire for you. Friend, if you don't know Christ as your personal savior, but you'd like to, I'd ask that right now, you call out to Christ. You say, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I believe your word and it tells me that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I'm asking you now to forgive me of my sins. And I am placing my faith in you and you alone. I'm asking you to be my savior so that when I die, I can go to be with you. I won't have to pay the penalty for my sin because you've paid it for me. Friend, if you've accepted Christ as your personal savior, what I'd like to do is I would like to send you this book. It's called Done. What most religions don't tell you about the Bible. It's written by a friend of mine. It'll be an encouragement to you and help you in your walk. And then I'd like to send you this brand new Bible to be able to help you. If you want to fill out that electronic connection card in the link below, just click on that link below. We'll send this to you free of charge. Just fill it out. Let us know that you accepted Christ. And can I encourage you, when you receive this Bible, start in the Gospel of John. It's towards the middle of the Bible. And it's St. John, if you will. 
that gospel. Just read one chapter a day. I believe it'll be a help to you. And I encourage you to take a moment, fill out that card so that we can send this to you. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.